1: The sports bar with Danger and Battaglia. Get ready for the combine. Tamper effect.
3: Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll make that decision when we
0: need to. Right now, we're just one step at a time. we number 72, Michael Clements. Michael Clements.
2: Michael Clements, bitch boy. I hate them. Daquan Jones has to be on this roster next year. Leonard Floyd. That's my
0: first guy.
4: And my second guy is AJ Abinaza.
3: With the 28th pick, there's going to be a quality player available at wide receiver for them at 28, Mike
5: Danger. Do you trust Sean McDermott? You have to, I suppose. Do you, though? Do you trust Brandon Bean? Do you trust Terry Pegula? I don't 100% trust what's going on with that organization. Gene but
0: you're not going to see me flying high. I'm just telling you, Mike. I'm a new man. I'm a new fan.
1: This Buffalo tries again to beat the Florida Panthers tonight.
0: The Florida Panthers! The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. The refs have already admitted their mistake on the no call last night. Shohei he has his debut
2: today for the Dodgers. It's showtime! Honestly, sign me up for 50 bombs. Whoa, 50.
0: Yep. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Hey there! Good afternoon to you and
5: welcome on into the sports bar. Rochester's only local sports talk show, Danger and Pataglia. Glad we've made us part of your day at 95.7 FM and AM 950 here locally. The Fan Rochester sounds its best in the free-to-download Odyssey app, and you can also watch along as we've got our stream up at The Fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch. I'm Mike Danger. That's Gene Bataglia. Oh
0: my gosh. We should be doing the show outside today. What are we doing? It's February. 70 degrees. 70 degrees in
5: February come on I, I want to believe that this today I think it got up to as high as 72 at the airport which tied I, I'm not Count Hatscow but I believe that that tied our uh, record which was set back in 1997 not not
0: 1990 70, 77 77. see it, Count Haskell only comes out when there's fear. There's no fear today this is wonderful this is splendid no, we're talking about know. we're talking about cold temperatures or high winds or dare I say inches of snow somebody could could invoke a
5: little fear into Count Hetzko if we're talking about this being a global warming problem maybe is this is this a how many more years do we have left on this planet if it keeps going the way it's going <laughs> Ten, twenty,
3: thirty 20 30 years. <laughs>
0: I'm not <laughs> complaining, not complaining. No, no, count- none of us should. Count Hasco is going to make an appearance coming up in March and oh, also making it. an appearance in March will probably be some cease and desist from uh, channel 13, <laughs> like knock it off.
5: I still don't know how he got there. And you know, <laughs> I, we'll, have no we'll idea. I, I know I'm going to run into Scott at some point. Scott's a Vikings fan and I like Scott. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a treasure. He's, he's great. A lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. He's one of the best. And I know at some point it's going to get to him. And at some point we're going to have to explain ourselves. Like, I don't know where Count Hetzko came from. It just kind of happened organically on the show where we were talking about how much snow we were going to get and the fear that comes with two, three, four inches of snow. Ah, 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 ah. He doesn't sound or look anything like the count. No. No, it's it's, it's just threw his his name on it. Uh, We welcome you into the sports bar. We've got a lot to to, uh, recap here over the last 24 hours as the NFL scouting combine continues from Indianapolis. Uh, Late yesterday afternoon, we heard from Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. Today, we heard from Bill's GM, Brandon Bean. We'll get into some of what we learned and what they were talking about here in just a couple few. First, let's set the table here and uh, let you know who's stopping by the sports bar. That'll include... Rochester Americans head coach Seth Appert, who makes his weekly visit to us, here at 425 this afternoon. So
0: the Emirates went 3-2-1-1, which doesn't sound bad. You can spin this like they got points in five of seven games. However, like when we began this journey, they were in third. Now, technically, they're in fifth, but they're tied for fourth in points. But Toronto has a game in hand on the Amherst. So where are we at here with the Amherst here is, oh, yeah, you get a little bit of a break. Oh, not really. Uh, Tomorrow night begins three games and four nights to stretch here, Mm -hmm. including two up in Belleville, a team you just played twice. Mm -hmm. So uh, and I haven't seen yet. I know the Amherst did recall somebody uh, from Jacksonville. Uh, That being Giroux, but I don't know if the Emmerichs actually lost anybody to Florida, as uh, we haven't heard anything yet uh, from the Sabres in terms of the morning skate. Uh, Don Granato not talking until the five o'clock hour today, so... Maybe we'll hear that somebody got called up. Uh, Seth Apert, head coach of the Rochester Americans, always gracious uh, with his time to team home tomorrow night against Syracuse. And with Bill's
5: brass in Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine, you know, our guy, Matt Perino of the Syracuse post standard is going to be our ears and eyes in Indy this afternoon.
0: Yeah. So it's great to always have this, uh, this relationship with Matt, uh, the shout podcast, Syracuse post standard as uh, he is out there and it's not just what you hear at the podium. I mean, Matt is really one of the best at this, where he's, he's talking to people off the record. He's you know kind of making the rounds there. Matt is a real go-to guy, so we'll kind of figure out, because some of the news started last night. Connor McGovern, I didn't have him uh, being on my board for being the first to restructure, but he didn't. To me, that makes sense. You want to build around him. He wants to be here. All right, it, it might kind of hurt a little bit here in two or three years, but for now, a little bit of relief for the Buffalo bills against the cap, but they got a long way to go.
5: I tell you the, the McGovern deal, if we want to start there, and by the way, you can join us anytime this afternoon. Our lines are open for you at five, eight, five, eight, six, six, four F a N eight, six, six, four, three, two, six. I love that. They started their, their restructuring talks with Connor McGovern. I think it, it shows that the bills recognize the strongest part Of their team last year was, in fact, the offensive line. They were the most consistent. He'll be the first to say that was the best offensive line performance that they've gotten since he and and Sean McDermott have been in Buffalo. And one of the pieces that you brought in as a free agent last year is is a big part of that. And that's Connor McGovern, who had his deal guaranteed for 2024, clearing up just under four million in cap space, 3.74 million in cap space cleared with that restructure for Connor McGovern. Uh, late yesterday.
0: Yeah. So void years at the end. Don't ask me to explain it. All I know is that uh, as long as the cap goes up year by year, you can do these sort of things. Brandon Bean uh, speaking uh, earlier today, and I uh, you know talking like, hey, we were planning for a cap in the two forties. It went to two fifty. It went above two fifty. So yeah, should give the bills a little bit
5: of room. This is Brandon Bean earlier today discussing the salary
3: cap. Every dollar you can get helps you. It's it's. You know we're working now through guys to restructure you saw we did that with Connor McGovern yesterday and had conversations going on in the last few weeks with different players representatives just uh, various things whether it's extensions whether it's uh, modifying their contract whether it's um, in this case restructuring which is really just moving some money moving money down so we're, we're working through all that but uh, it does help it's less that we have to take off because we were you know, hoping it would get to 250, um, but didn't really expect it to. You know, we were conservatively planning for a number in the 40s. So to get to 255, uh, I was smiling.
0: There's another thing, too, um, and we'll be playing brain and bean comments throughout the afternoon here in the sports bar. Um, listening to him talk today, and it's one of those stories that I have kind of gone from one end to the other end here. Now, I don't want to say 180, but um, at you know November December thing and Tredavious White has played his last down with the Buffalo Bills. When we talked to Matt Perino, I want to get his opinion here because hearing Brandon Bean say really nice things about Tredavious White, okay, like what 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 is the re- other than he's been a good part, but you if you want to keep him on this team, it's hard for me to imagine them doing that at the numbers. So could they actually be is that one of the restructures they're talking to when maybe Tradavius White does the team a solid, knowing that, hey, if the Bills actually... Release me. I'm not getting half this more than likely on the open market. So, Brandon
5: Bean did uh, speak at length about Trey White, his recovery process. Matt Milano, his recovery process. This is Brandon Bean earlier today on the recovery of
3: both White and Milano. Trey, uh, we've talked about it. You know, we'll start with him. It's just uh, what he's meant to this organization, everything he's done, and and to have the injury in 21. We all saw him work so hard to come back, um, probably wasn't looking like the Trey White that he wanted to be at the end of the 22 season. But really, we're starting to see him come into form. Um, I'm not going to say he was all the way back or not. You'd have to ask him. But uh, you were definitely seeing a guy who was trending up. And then all of a sudden, this Achilles on the other side pops. And it's just like man, can can the guy get a break? Yeah. And it's just, you know, you feel for him. And But once again, he has attacked this thing. Uh, he's in there all the time. I've had breakfast with him a couple of times uh, here since the season's ended because... You know these guys are. It's lonely. You got a locker room full of seventy-five, eighty players, and all of a sudden you got three or four guys, mm-hmm. you know, rehabbing down there. But he has worked super hard. He's he's been a main staple here since Sean and I got here. And um, you know he he's, he's continues rehab. I don't have like a definitive timeline of yet when he'd be back, but he's doing well, working hard, everything you would expect from Trey White. And then what about Matt Milano as well? Yeah, Matt. Thanks for the reminder. Um, so Matt, same thing. He he had a recent uh, visit. Uh, uh, with the, with one of the docs that did his surgery and and so all is going well it's a it's a little bit of a, a different injury than uh, you know a, an ACL or an Achilles or things that happen to a lot of football players so um, we're still working with him he's working his way back very positive you know anticipating him his things to continue to ramp up I don't know, what yet he would look like in OTAs if we would even have clearance uh, for mm-hmm. him to fully participate. I think it's one of those things you'll see him on the side or doing stuff and maybe there's a chance. Um, but we're optimistic uh, that Matt will be ready to go at the right time when 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 the pads come on. Okay, so like training camp, it's probably trending good for that, you think? We, you know, as we sit here today, I, w- I would say so. Okay. Um, but it's, we still got a lot of time. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't want to sit here and say it's day one of training camp either. I just, I think it's, uh, he is working hard. Um, he's doing well. The updates so far have been positive. Right. And you know, Matt, like he's, he's a super optimistic guy, just sleeps, eats ball all the time. It's all, you almost have to force him to go enjoy <laughs> right. himself a little bit.
0: Sure. Sounds to me like they're not going to move on from Trey White. No, or this is part of the negotiation that you were such a big part of this team and everything else that you, you wouldn't be telegraphing that, Hey, we're asking Trey white to take a pay cut. right. It's funny we are in the season of lying and the lying can be
5: subtle. It can be telegraphed. It can be kind of laid out. And one of the things I thought was, was of note was, I can't remember if it was yesterday on one bills live, but it was brought up again today uh, during his time with, with the media, Brandon Bean uh, and, and, Kyrie Elam and yeah. essentially Kyrie Elam getting a fresh start, which was something that I think Tasker said on one bills live earlier this week, almost as if to say, Hey, you know, Kyir is going to be an off season storyline. And there's going to be a lot of people that want to say Kyrie Elam is a bust because Kyrie Elam didn't play a ton last year and couldn't get on the field for many of the games last year. We have to change that, that mindset, that narrative, He's going to get a fresh start. He's going to come to camp as prepared as he's ever been. And, oh, by the way, he's going to have a new position coach there to make sure they get the most out of Kyrie Elam moving forward. So where Tasker kind of telegraphed during one Bill's live that he expected Kyir Elam to be out there week one tells you that that they, you know, okay, if it's, if it's Elam out there week one, where is Trey White? Where are these? Guys? I mean they are kind of like laying the foundation in their words and then the actions are yet to come but with Trey White what is that action? Is it is it a restructure? Is it is it, you know, d- taking away any guarantees and redoing a deal a, a new deal like what what does that all look like? Brandy being kind of laying the foundation for that here with his words at the combine.
0: Yeah, and in that injury too because I always thought that Trey White would take the career arc of boy, like when Jordan Poyer moves on, he'd be a pretty good free safety knowing he's got the smarts and everything, but maybe not as much physical ability here in his later years. And, you know, for a corner here, like, yeah, he's he's getting up there. We forget that that was Sean McDermott's first draft choice for the Buffalo Bills. McDermott now, would you know, through eight years yeah. here. So it's, it's we, been a while.
5: And we always talk about the life cycle of a corner, right? The life cycle of a corner Is usually you come into the league with supreme athleticism. You are younger, faster, more athletic than the guys that you're covering, but your technique might suffer. Seek higher elam. Not great with his technique, but pretty athletic guy. Uh then, you know, as you get your technique down, you hit the peak. You're you're athletic you can hang with anybody and you've got great technique and that's what we saw out of Trey White during his peak years when he was about to get paid that big contract and then and then like a lot of players you start to lose your athleticism but you have great technique and i would say Trey White probably has great technique but is not going to come back from this injury with the same kind of athleticism
0: well and again if i can kind of take a detour with this because the one team it used to be New England story out of kansas city today anything they do we're going to be paying attention to on this show in particular um i'm not a fan of teams that use the the franchise tag i think it's a hostile move however is this the exception what the chiefs are kind of toying with that legeria sneed could get the franchise tag and it could be a scenario where they don't offer those long-term dollars because look a, a contract for a corner big dollars that's fine year 1 and 2 but uh, like what you're saying there years 3 and 4 could the chiefs be trying to find a middle ground here
5: yeah well look it, the the application of the franchise tag may just be something that they can use to extend their ability to talk to the player as well it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll play on the franchise tag. I think when you have a player that plays an entire season on the franchise tag, that's when feelings get hurt. That's when you kind of know, okay, I'm I'm not coming back to this situation. And you'll hear a lot of GMs, you know, especially with the cap number being what it is saying, well, now we've got options. Saquon Barkley. We could, we could have him come back to the giants. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think Saquon Barkley is coming back. They're not going to tag him a second time. You got to be better than that. If you're, if you're Joe Shane, I, I, uh, I think it's a hard thing to say what, like Kansas City didn't have Chris Jones week one. Remember, Chris Jones was kind of watching because he was so late to sign. Right. And they'll do it on their timetable. And <laughs>
0: like it cost the Chiefs the. Headlight. Right. Oh my God.
5: Yeah, exactly right. So, um, so we got a little bit of color there from Brandon Bean on the injury and the recovery of Trey White and also, uh, Matt Milano. Um, Free agency Mm. and expectations in free agency. Uh, Let's start with a couple of outgoing free agents that... Some people might believe, "Hey, you can still make a play for this guy." Um, one being DaQuan Jones, Brandon Bean, earlier on DaQuan Jones.
3: You know, you're also filling out the market. What are the options at that position? In, in DaQuan's case, D tackle. Like, what are your what are your other viable options? Should he go elsewhere? And it is a game. You know, that is one of the things. If you take it into free agency, we have to also assume that you're going to leave. So. Once that negotiating window opens two days prior, it's kind of we're all we're all kind of in this it's open season. It's open season, and if we don't have a deal in place or something that seems imminent, then we also have to have conversations with other players at that position. You got to do right by the organization at the end. We got to protect day. the Bills first and foremost. We want the best for all our guys. Who wouldn't want Gabe Davis, Daquan Jones, run down the gamut? I mean, we we love our guys. There's 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 very few times I'm going, I'm done with that guy. I wouldn't want to see him back in a Bills uniform.
5: All right, there's Brandon Bean on one Bills Live earlier and along those lines, what should fans expect out of the Bills during the free agency window?
3: Part of that is is we're still working through like what can we create, you know, we're not trying to also pile up a huge dead cap hit in in one year or anything like that. So we're we're trying to, you know, we're looking at various, you know, options, whether we extend a guy, whether we alter his current contract, whether we um, just just c- uh, convert them and, and again, put it on the credit card and move it down. So we're looking at everything every guy's um, had. You saw we got Connor McGovern done, which was just a straight mm-hmm. um, kind of move it down. We, we're we working. We got kind of buckets for each, yeah, I e- can imagine. each <laughs> one, and we're trying to massage it and get it down. Yes, the, the 255 number helped for what we need to get under, but you're right. Now how much can you get under that you can go spend, and and one of the things that gets lost, Chris, is you still have to save money for draft picks, rookie mm-hmm. pool, and yeah. and we, and you're going to spend three three and a half million on practice squad players. Like people don't realize, uh, and then replacement players. Like we, I think we spent over five million bucks on replacement players this year, yeah, for injury, so, right? So um, those things add up, and you can't go into the season. You know, with a hundred dollars in your pocket, and expect to make yeah. it through a seventeen-game season. So, all of those things. So, just because you're five million under doesn't mean you really have five million to spend. We're also kind of preparing, you know, to be able to go into the season and pay your practice squad and also replacement players. I
0: think the buckets thing is kind of interesting because you could take like one giant swing, and like everybody's expecting Josh Allen. Maybe that's it. But if you do McGovern here, over here, over here, just try to identify the guys that you really do want to build around because you could do it again in two big swings Josh Allen and Steph Diggs and I would be floored if they redid Diggs here that's yeah and
5: I, I think that you know what you heard from Brandon Bean today or earlier on Diggs is that the expectation is he's going to be back that there's no move there's no real move but I also have to believe and and there have been some rumors swirling around there that if uh, you had a guy like Justin Jefferson all of a sudden become available via trade that Brandon Bean would be working to try and figure out a way. How do we get that kind of player on our team? Because that's what he did with Diggs.
0: We right. There's one big difference here, though. Because you're going to make that move, and the Vikings are making that move for one primary reason, the same reason. They don't want to pay them. That's right. So (laughs) it's like, yeah, if we're talking about can we really afford this? Okay, Justin Jefferson next year, how do you fit that under the cap? So, yeah, of course, Brandon Bean, any GM, you're, you're okay. Let's explore this move. Why would the Vikings do that? The only reason I can think of is this. They really recognize, hey, we need a quarterback and maybe this is the avenue to move up in the draft uh I, i've seen, seen these mocks uh where perhaps the vikings are trading with the patriots and maybe the patriots don't want a court but could they use just justin jefferson in, in a piece to, interesting yeah.
5: i've uh i've got uh some takes on that uh, top of the first round uh draft i've, I've i'm going to I'm going to plant my flag. I've been waffling here the last few weeks in terms of what I think happens with the number one overall pick. I have come to a decision. I've come to a conclusion. I have an idea of what I think the
0: bears. Okay, should Okay. Is this real take or is this Mike dangerous sarcasm? No, real, a, take, real, real take, real
5: okay. take. I'm actually, I've been, I mean, I can be sarcastic and the sarcasm in me says it doesn't matter because they'll screw it up no matter what they end up doing. Cause that's just what they do. But if, if you, if, you gave me a choice of this option or this option. This is the option I'm gonna go with. I'll share that later.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta take later too because Brandon Bean, you hear him talk about the practice squad. And the practice squad is always, oh yeah. You don't realize like there are guys that actually kind of come up through this way. There's one name the Bills plucked off because he was on the street. I'm not talking about Leonard Fournette. Somebody that is on the practice squad now that you're like, oh, Maybe that guy will compete for a 53, the forgotten guy in the Bills' practice. I I guarantee
5: you he's got the attention of the Bills' owner.
0: Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, that, absolutely.
5: Right, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that uh, with i to that. That's coming up later on this afternoon here in the next half hour or so. Next, we go to Indianapolis and we check in with our guy, Matt Perino, who's going to act as our ears and eyes at the NFL Scouting Combine. He covers the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post Standard. He's good with his time to join us every Tuesday at this time. And he joins us next in the sports bar. 866-4326. If you want to pull up a stool, 585-866-4FAN. 585
2: <laughs> fan you're listening to The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia.
0: on 95.7 oh, yeah. FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: The Fan Rochester Sports Update. It's day two of the NFL Combine. Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, speaking earlier today, and he agrees speed is something he's shopping
3: for. Always looking for that speed, explosiveness um, at at various positions. And again, running back, tight end, receiver, whatever it is, guys that you want guys that can explode without the ball, but you also want rat players, guys that Josh can get the ball in their hands, in space, stuff that Joe Brady can scheme up.
0: Our good friend, Matt Perino, he's in Indy, the Syracuse Post Standard in the Shout Podcast. Matt Perino joining us next year in the sports bar. Buffalo Sabres have won three in a row tonight there in Florida. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop here on the fan. The Amherst back in action coming up tomorrow night, hosting Syracuse. And Coach Seth Aperick joining us next hour. Syracuse basketball tonight. Final home game of the regular season. They take on Virginia Tech. Gene Bataglan, the sports leader. The fan, Rochester. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The fan,
2: Rochester. So, with a defensive coordinator now on staff in name, which was something you didn't have last year, is Coach Babbage calling the plays this season?
3: Well, we're going to see. It's still to be determined. It's still to be determined, correct. Yeah, we're going to go through that and. Um, there's a lot of days and steps between now and then, and, gotcha. and so we'll make that decision when we have to.
5: This is Bills head coach Sean McDermott. We heard from GM Brandon Bean earlier today. Buffalo Bills controlling their messaging here at the NFL Scouting Combine to help us decipher... All that is happening in Indianapolis, we bring in Matt Perino, who's our ears and eyes at the NFL Combine. Do you believe Sean McDermott, when, you, when he says we're still trying to sort that out, or you think he really has his mind made up, just doesn't want to share that it's going to be him calling the plays or Bobby Babbage calling plays in 2024, Matt?
4: Um. I don't believe him, but I also think what he's doing is he's giving a first-year play caller some room to where if they get to the games and it's not going the way that they want, uh, he can take over and take that role back. Or maybe they get to that point and he runs through a couple of situations and he just maybe feels he's not ready yet. And that's one of the things. You look at these two coordinators now, and I've been very complimentary of Babich, Joe Brady, They're very young. They're very young in their roles. And obviously Brady has a lot more experience at the NFL level, you know, calling plays. He did it in Carolina that he did it again here in Buffalo. Babbage, it's a bit of an unknown, but you know, I think if you read between the lines, you know, with Sean talking yesterday, he said, you know, he, I, I like Bobby's vision for the defense. And I wrote that. I think it's hard to have a, you know, a vision for the defense or execute that vision. If you're not the one kind of calling the shot. So I think, eventually he is going to do that. I think they'll land on that. I I think it's just about, that's a mindset with Sean. Like he doesn't want to put too much on people's plate from the jump. He's always been that way with rookies, uh, with young players. And I think it kind of bleeds over into coaches now that he doesn't have like those experienced guys. I mean, Dable, even Dennison, Dable and Frazier were all these massively experienced coordinators. Now he's got guys that are like infants in
0: that realm. Matt, since we last talked, we learned the NFL salary cap a little more breathing room than we expected, $255 million. We saw the Bills last night uh, making the first move, Brandon Bean uh, restructuring the deal of Connor McGovern. And I guess the question is, like, are, I guess we can kind of speculate where the Bills go next, but what we were talking about earlier is a player that I thought last season, okay, he's played his last down with the Buffalo Bills, but now I'm kind of debating this in my own head. What about Tredavious White? What are the prospects that the Bills could actually go to the corner and, and maybe he'll, he'll do them a favor by taking less next year?
4: Yeah, see, that's the key word there. You know, Brandon Bean, I, I listened to the start of the show, and, and he was obviously talking up Trey, and this is a really hard decision. No matter which way that they go, you have to balance, like, the professional side of things and, like, what Brandon's job is and to evaluate the talent of a player, the cost, and then the production that you've seen. And, you know, with, with a couple of those things, it's like th- those are definitely check marks against maybe bringing back Trey White. But I thought, you know, when he talked about restructuring, you know, he mentioned modifying a contract as something that may be part of the plan over the next couple of months, not specifically with Trey White, but just in general with a lot of these players that they're looking at. I, I wonder if they don't just sit down with Trey White and say, listen, we want you back here. We we think that you can get back to the player that you were. Uh, you're starting at a, a, a bit of a different place than you were last time because you just haven't played a lot of football for the last couple of years. Can we rework this thing a little bit? Give us some breathing room. We still want you part of this thing moving forward, but make it a little bit more tenable. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be very interested to see if they can't land on something. But then from Trey Trey's perspective, I mean, you're always going to be a player where you're like thinking – I'm going to get back to the level that I was, you know, he could potentially, if he has a big year coming up, could potentially get another bite at the apple with another contract. Does he want to sacrifice dollars? Does he want to extend and change the course of, of this contract? Those are all the little nitty gritty parts of the business side that are really complicated. Um, I'm still leaning toward, I, I don't know where I'm at. I mean, hmm. two weeks ago, I was really, I thought Trey weight was going to be gone. And the more and more you hear them talk about it, I just think they're they're almost backing themselves uh, emotionally up, it, back into a corner, knowing what he means to them, and that it seems like his his rehab is is trending in a really good direction. What
0: do what, what the what do his teammates think of Tre'Davious White? Because is, is that part of this too, Matt? Oh, huge! I mean, if you want to talk
4: about one of the most well liked players in the locker room a locker cleanout, we didn't get a chance to talk to Trey White, and over the last couple of years, he's. He's kind of done an about face. He does not do a lot of media. Uh, it, it, he just doesn't seem really comfortable with it. We we ask him, and he's like, "What do you want to talk about?" And he says, oh, "I'll get you next time." And then he doesn't really talk. What I don't really, I haven't gotten to the bottom of it. I don't know where that all stems from. But if you look at him behind the scenes, when no cameras are rolling, and he just gets to be Trey White, you know, former captain, Bills cornerback, guys flock to him. The energy, the the Just the levity that he brings, the experience that he brings, I mean the way that guys like Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson have talked about him and how important he 's been to them he 's also if you 're looking at this from sean mcDermott 's perspective, a tool in the locker room to develop young players yep. in a position they 've developed a lot of players
5: all right, so along those lines let 's stay at corner because if you listen carefully to some of the wins and and, and the directions that they 're blowing here in the off season, you can kind of determine what what might be the future for some of these players and certainly prospects that are there in indianapolis matt uh earlier this week we heard on one bills live steve tasker kind of propping up Kyrie elam a little bit and kair elam i think is a fascinating story here this offseason as you know we we know what he wasn't last year we know what we expect him to be given that they invested a first round pick in him you've got a new positional coach and tasker is bold as to say i think Elam is starting week one at corner whoa is that legit could that actually be the case or or is this hey, let's get some messaging out there to drive up the value of Kyer Elam so that we can, if we need to, move on from this corner, knowing that we have a little bit of depth at the position now.
4: Um, if you wanted to sell me a scenario where Kyer Elam wins a starting job, I mean, I wouldn't laugh you out of the room. Like, I think its you know, he's a former first-round pick. I, I think there's a lot of untapped potential in there. And I think the key to, to the Kyer Elam story is that John Butler's no longer there. when. We were doing locker cleanout. I asked him about the process and the disappointing year two and whether or not that's impacted him and has he leaned on anybody like his position coach. And he just looked back at me and said, no comment. And basically kind of hmm. insinuated that it was Butler who was holding him back from playing. So now with Butler out of the mix, new cornerback-specific coach. So it's no longer the, uh, John Butler who was overseeing the corners and the safeties. It, they have a guy coming in here and Jamil uh, a die who can just work with the cornerbacks, the boundary guys, Taryn Johnson, they have their own nickel coach now uh, that they brought in as well. So I, I think Kyrie Elam's in a position to go into this year, re-energize himself a, around the fact of, okay, perception or reality, whatever it was, the guy that you felt like is holding you back is no longer there. And, I still think there's a belief in him in the building. When Brandon talks about him, they're still pretty high on Kyrie Elam. The problem is you're going to probably have to beat out Christian Benford and Rasul Douglas, who I think both showed very well last season. I think you can make an argument right now. You know an argument that I might listen to even more right now? Even with Trey White on the roster, I think Christian Benford at this point is CB1. The only thing where I hesitate with that is that he struggled to stay healthy and availability, and we've all talked about that enough.
0: Yeah, I, it's sticking with the secondary here, too, Matt Barino, Shout Podcast, Syracuse Post-Standard, our guest here. Um, hearing Brandon Bean talk about it, he almost had like a take, like, hey, when it comes to safety position, how rare is it that you have a tandem that has been together seven years? And I, I, hard for me to imagine year number eight the way it kind of ended for Micah Hyde here, but – What are your thoughts here on Poyer? And that's another player I go back and forth on where I like Jordan Poyer's game last year, Matt, but um, I don't know if we can expect another year out of a player that is uh, on the wrong side of 30.
4: Yeah. And I think like the, the challenge is if Hyde retires or moves on, are you comfortable moving on from both of them and the institutional knowledge that Sean McDermott Uh, mentioned yesterday in one off season. I don't know if you're in that spot. Now the problem is there's some cap relief to moving on from Porter. You add about 5 million, that could be very valuable. I mean, they did did the Connor McGovern restructure, so you got about four there. You're going to to get about 22, 23 with Josh Allen's uh, restructure. You're probably going to do a couple extensions. You could do a couple other different things as well. And and then you're starting to kind of find some space. You know, the 5 million that uh, a potential – Poyer release would create is it's significant. It's something that I think you have to consider and what you want to be. If you want to be the version of this defense that played last season, I think Poyer showed that he's still got value left because he can play in the box. I wonder if that's not like the next progression in his career. I don't know personally how much he actually liked that doing that playing that way, but if it is something he embraces, or maybe they have another guy that they find for that role, um, I think that adds more value. It's just, it's going to come down to the dollars and cents of it. As you move all of these things around, where can you get potential replacements? Um, and, and maybe they find a couple guys in the draft. And maybe there's a couple like unsung free agents, you know, the Poyer, the modern day Poyer and Hyde. Remember when they signed them back in 17, those weren't coveted guys that people were trying to bring into their, their buildings. They got them on pretty modest deals. and And so I think they might be able to, do that again if they should if they go in that direction.
5: Could you see some creativity out of the Bills with who they do have? in the defensive backfield. You already mentioned that you think Benford is CB1, but I've heard fans mention, hey, what about Benford back at safety? What about Rasul Douglas, knowing his ball-hawking abilities? You put him back there at safety, knowing that you have potentially Kyrie Elam on one side, Benford on the other, or Douglas on the other. Do you think they could get creative with with the positions with some of these guys and, and play them in non traditional roles?
4: Yeah, I don't know if that conversation truly happens until May. Because we don't have a full picture of what the roster is, like mm-hmm. they have to go out and figure out who who are the safeties that they're going to bring in. They don't have many on the roster right now, and I I'm also interested to see like are you running this back with Demar Hamlin again? Are you going to um, you know figure that he's going to take another step back toward this season? Like go back to before the injury, uh, before the incident in Cincinnati, he was playing pretty good football for a day three pick late day three pick who was asked to all of a sudden play 900 snaps in place of Micah Hyde. I thought there were some good things that Hamlin showed. And if he's your fourth safe safety, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't like be objectable to that, but you have to also figure, okay, if you do get in a situation where he has to play, do you trust him in that spot? I mean, they pretty much played everybody else at safety except for him and except, except for a couple spots, last year. So you got to make those decisions. Once you make those decisions and you have an idea of what the roster is going to look like, then you can kind of pivot. I'm 100% no way, no how Christian Benford gets moved to safety at this point, only because he was so good at corner. I mean, it it made you think it made me think back to Trey white early in his career, his first couple of seasons, obviously not the all pro level of caliber of a player. But if you talk about um, as a hitter, as a tackler, as somebody that could cover in space, somebody that can play off corner, somebody that has the ability to recover. I remember there was one play in a game. I can't remember the game, but somebody got beat deep, and it wasn't even Benford's man, and he kept flying down the field and had a huge pass breakup in the game. It's like those little things where you just can't teach. It's why they've they've loved him this entire time. Um, I also don't know about Douglas only because I think he views himself as a cornerback. And I think there's more money out there at cornerback. And he's coming up on the on the last year of a contract. And he's coming off of a year where he just had, what was it, six takeaways in seven games or something crazy like that. So, I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more challenging to move established guys to the safety position. But never say never, I guess.
0: Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard uh, Shop Podcast. Matt, I'm just curious. What is your agenda here this week, because this is, you know, we are hearing from the decision makers here early on, but we're going to hear from the prospects a little later on. Are you going to these wide receiver press conferences? Are you checking things out? Like kind of give us a lay of the land and what your plans are at the combine this week.
4: Yeah. T- t- you got to be careful tonight. All right. This is Tuesday night <laughs> in Indianapolis and it, it, it tends to get turned up. Cause now everybody's in town. We were out last night a little bit. Wasn't as busy as it'll be tonight. And we got an 8 a.m. wake-up call tomorrow. The defensive linemen get up to the podium. And there's a lot of guys I want to listen to. Because I think, like, you can – you go into this process and there's a couple of guys that you probably like, right? Like, you know, the, the the kid from the senior bowl, Darius Robinson, who made a lot of noise. He's somebody that I'm going to kind of be looking at here uh, tomorrow up at the, in the early session. You want to kind of see what it looks like. Because I go back to – the combine two years ago. And you know who was the most impressive player at any position that year that skyrocketed on my own personal board just because I felt like he was going to be such a personality fit with the bills, Trent McDuffie. Mm. Like I could not stop talking about how impressive he was from his football IQ, from talking about the schemes, different schemes that he could potentially fit into the versatility to his game and just the general, how well-spoken he was, how confident he was. You get all of those things. And, you know, Sean was talking about it yesterday. Like there's a lot you could tell from a person's body language in these settings, like how they handle themselves under extreme stressful situations. And I kind of had that going into this week as well. So we'll get the D linemen, we'll get linebackers. I know that's not as uh, juicy. I think the bills are set there. Uh, Then we'll get um, wide receivers and defensive backs on Friday. So I'm pretty excited about that. I leave for Disney world. On Friday night, so I'll miss all the offensive linemen on Saturday. But here's the thing, guys: I don't know if this is an offensive line draft. I mean, the Bills are bringing back 11 of 12. I don't know if there's a roster spot for an offensive lineman at this point.
5: I was going to just say, you know, I think the McGovern move to restructure and, and that have that have that be the first move of the off season kind of speaks to what they were talking about earlier. What Brandon B was talking about earlier. This was the best offensive line performance that the bills have had since McDermott and bean have been in Buffalo. And you feel pretty good about that going into next season. It gives you a little bit of confidence. There is a, a guy that's on his way to free agency that feels like he should be a part of that equation. Do you think they bring back David Edwards? Yes. Uh,
4: the only thing that wouldn't bring him back is if he gets like a, a pretty good number uh, on the free agent market, but he's a Cromer guy. Like he's, You know, if you want to talk about Cromer's impact in the room and developing or getting guys to kind of get up to speed on his system in year two for a lot of those guys, Dawkins, Morris, Spencer Brown, I think Edwards was key in that because he played for Cromer in L.A., and I think bringing that, you know, experience from a player perspective was so massive. I think they want to get him back. He played a great role as that third tight end, but he would – Ultra valuable as your first guard off the bench as well. They were really lucky in that they didn't lose anybody last year, but Edwards can play right guard. He play left guard. Uh, obviously showed he can play that jumbo package as well, and maybe it's something that Edwards really likes because it's going to extend his career. This is a guy, remember, in L.A. was dealing with major concussion issues, and so having that reset button this past year I think was really, really good for him
0: uh matt just before we let you go i wanted to get your take here because uh one of the rumors floating around there and we'll be talking about this a little later in the show justin jefferson like could the vikings if they don't want to pay him and he's on the move would we would we worry about that if we were in if if you were in new england without a quarterback let's say i mean the vikings really wouldn't do this would they and would the bills actually would brandon bean actually be kind of investigating that move
4: I don't think Baron Bean's investing in that, that move, only from the perspective of you already got Digs on the line, you're not trading him back to Minnesota, and even if you do, that comes with a dead cap hit, and then you're going to have to turn around and pay Justin Jefferson. I, I don't know if that's the move when you have all this draft capital this year and can probably be really aggressive in terms of what you want to do. If, probably in the first round, if you want, of course, that's the easy stuff. But I, I think the play more so is – potentially trading back. And again, we got more of the process to go through. We want to look at all these players and, and get to know all these wide receivers a little bit more, how deep this class really is. But if you move back and now all of a sudden you've armed yourself with the amount of capital you'll need to move up in the second, third and fourth round, because that's a problem a lot of times, right guys, the bills trade a day two or day three pick go up in the first round now they don't have any maneuverability in those second and third rounds where we've seen teams like Detroit, Houston, really hit on those middle, early to middle of round two and three. And I think that's maybe where you can get the value on a wide receiver all while adding more draft capital. Again, you've got to really trust your evaluators in that spot, right? Because I think that's one of the main reasons why the Bills haven't traded uh, or haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first three rounds of the last couple of years is because it's a real big gamble We're, we see a really wide range of outcomes with wide receivers. So I just think lessen the impact with a miss by adding more draft capital. I think 28 to 50 is a pretty, like you're, there's not a huge drop off in talent at that level. And if you can pick potentially two times in that spot, because you trade back, I, I, I there's a lot of value there guys. And there's a lot of receivers that I get excited about early day two. George Pickens, was a date was was a second round draft pick. Tank Dell went in the third last year. So a lot of a lot of guys that I think you can get.
5: All right, Matt. Knowing that uh, you're not going to be on with us next week, we're not going to bother you while you're at the happiest place on earth. But I'm jealous. I don't want to no. know
0: where, where is he going what, to yeah.
5: What's the game plan? Let's be nerds for a second here. Let's be a couple of real dorky dads.
4: I like where your heads at. Um, so <laughs> I leave Friday night. I land uh, in Orlando hotel for one night. The kids and my wife fly in saturday morning i pick them up we go over to uh, we got a verbo home Uh, we never stayed in one of these before Uh, a couple pools on property so we'll we'll do that whole thing we got some uh her family's coming out as well uh so we'll do the big family thing and then it's off to the races on sunday magic kingdom um uh, epcot uh animal kingdom planet hollywood and then we close the show with one more day of magic kingdom. We are gluttons for punishment in the Carino household. Uh, and we are going, uh, to the nines. and it's my daughter's birthday. Uh. So I can't remember the exact name of it, but on her birthday, she's actually having a private, uh, princess breakfast that is going to be, uh, one for the memory books. I yeah, I, I dude. Don't talk uh, too much about
0: it, dude. I'm the, This excited. is
5: all this is all hitting real close to home for me, man. I am so happy for you. You're gonna have a blast. Mike
0: Danger. Doo-doo Unbelievable. <laughs> just an unbelievable experience Mike that you've got in front and of you. Cats in the cradle. No, Where's let me tell daughter? you,
5: man. Like best experiences Boom. ever down there at Disney. When you have <laughs> when you have kids that are into it, and it sounds like yours are, and they're the perfect age for it. They're gonna have memories that last a lifetime. You and and your wife are gonna have a blast. Last, the entire family man that that sounds like a lot of fun the last thing you need to worry about next week is dealing with gene and i so we we hope you have safe travels and, and a great vacation next week and as always appreciate you uh, carving out some of your time in your schedule to to be our eyes and ears there in indianapolis buddy
4: Oh, uh, anytime, and I look forward to two weeks from today when we really uh, ratchet this
5: thing up on free agency. Yeah, well, no, I'm going to want to talk about your. I'm going to want a no, full recap, right? Yeah. I don't want free agency. Yeah. I want a full recap. I want to know about how long the wait times were at uh, at Epcot, whether or not you did drinking around the world. You know, all the all the fun stuff, all the essential stuff. Free agency could take a backseat. Uh,
4: you know what? I love where both of your heads at, aren't they? And listen, you <laughs> know, I know I won't be here next week, but I'll miss you, buddy. Have a, a good couple weeks. Take care of yourself, okay, buddy?
0: I'll be fine, Matt. Uh, Thank you, as always, for your time, buddy. Matt Matt Perino. Matt Perino. uh,
5: After he's done in Indianapolis, (laughs) off to the happiest place on Earth. I'm not far. I'm not. No Disney this year, which is, like, weird, odd for us. We're taking the year off. We're doing Universal this year. Okay. First week of April. All right. few days at Universal. Girls want to see Harry Potter. And they're all of a sudden into Harry Potter. It's so funny, you know, like, as their dad. I remember telling them when they were younger, hey, Here's a book for you to read. Get into this. Get into Harry Potter. And of course, neither of them were influenced by what I had to say. It took no. something on social media for them to be like, "Oh, we should watch Harry Potter. We should read the books. We should." And now they're they're head over heels with Harry Potter. They they need to see Harry Potterland. So, that that'll be part of the vacation, as long vacation. as
0: you're back in time for the eclipse.
5: Oh, the eclipse, where we claim ownership of the
0: sun for one day. In Rochester, that's right, right next to Rory McIlroy. So the provincial, sun. yeah. Yes, the sun, it, it is goes.
5: Ours. It goes. Uh, Abby Wambach, who no longer lives here. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who passed away tragically, and the sun. I think that's the top three that we're claiming oh. ownership of.
0: Well, God rest Philip Seymour Hoffman's soul, but I, I'm going to move Rory into that Ooh. slot. Okay. All right. So <laughs> like. Ooh, look, he's got property here. His wife is from here. Uh-huh, I yeah. don't know if you knew that or he's
5: not. He's ours. We own him. Uh, we'll get to Aldrich. That's some takes on tap next in the sports bar. I've I've planted my flag. I've made up my mind. I, I know what I want to see the Bears do with their offseason situation. I'm not... Saying that this is the right thing to do because ultimately they're probably going to screw it up no matter what they do. But this makes the most sense to me.
0: Sports parents, youth level, high school level. it can be bad. No kidding. Well, (laughs) imagine somebody who has accomplished as much as anyone has ever accomplished in one sport. Mm. And this person could still be a bad sports parent. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll enjoy my take on LeBron here. Oh,
5: good. Oh, yeah. well, I know minimum I'll appreciate it. At minimum. Uh and also with spring training going on, I'm ready to set a tone. I'm going to tell you what the game plan is here uh, for this year's Major League Baseball season. It's a move that I think anybody listening to the sports bar can follow along and, and play along with throughout the course of the season. Uh it's going to make for a more enjoyable Major League Baseball season. We know how long that regular season can be. We'll uh, get to Seth Dappert next hour as well. Amherst head coach stopping by at 425. Plus your phone calls. Lines are open. 866-4FAN. 585-866-4326.
2: You're listening to The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.